guys, welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Mindset Podcast, where we believe that in order to grow a successful business, you need just two things, the right marketing strategies and the right mindset. I am your host, Maria Bentz, and I am the founder of MBM Agency, a digital marketing company who helps service-based businesses grow their revenue using online strategies. And I am here to share with you all of my tips and pointers every single week when it comes to digital marketing and business growth. Today's episode is sponsored by our premium Wix templates. If you're totally stumped on how to build your own website, but can't afford to hire a designer, that does not mean that you should skip out on the important things in the process like professional design, sales formula copywriting, and search engine optimization. Our premium Wix website templates are created with marketing and sales in mind. And the best part is you can have a professional looking and functional website in just under 24 hours. Our website templates are completely stress-free. They're easy to use, so that means no Photoshop or coding required. They are designed to convert based on our signature homepage formula, and they are ready to launch as soon as you are done designing. So if you want to check this out, get it at mbmagency.com forward slash shop and use the discount code mindset to get 30% off. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited to have Katie here with me, Katie Mars. She is a brand experience expert, and Katie knows firsthand the challenges organizations encounter as they strive to design a sustainable and effective BX program tailored for the female customer. Using her experiences as chief inspiration officer, building company infrastructure, and designing customer experience programs, Katie is now the leading voice for positive, actionable change in the organizations with whom she partners. So I'm super excited to have you here. I love your bio. You have, I feel like, such cool experience, and I'm so excited to kind of learn more about you and chat with you all about brand experience. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to, um, well, first of all, that you find me exciting because I think I'm the (laughs) most boring person, um, and I don't think I'm that interesting, but I'm glad that you think I am, and uh, it is. My my experience has brought me... um, to all areas around the world and work with some of the most awesome people and companies and now um, on a journey to being a published author. So it's been, it's been crazy and fun and exciting all in one. Yeah. So I'm excited. So tell me, let's go back to the beginning. Tell me about your entrepreneurial journey. How did you get started to where you are today? Yeah, I have a very colorful um, work professional history. So I started off in shoes. Uh, I worked for a company called Town Shoes in Canada, and which is the largest shoe company and shoe retailer in all of Canada. I held positions anywhere from um, head of operations to head of merchandising. I helped design stores. Um, I have a size six foot, which means I was also the buyer's foot model, um, which led to me owning and yes, I'm going to say it here, 376 pairs of shoes. Oh my gosh. I'm a bit too (laughs) obsessed. Uh, And so I went from retail, which I think is the best, you know, professional lesson anybody can ever have. And 
anybody and everybody should work a stint in retail. Uh, I went from retail to specialty medical. So I went from mm. feet to teeth. And mm. uh, I, I entered in the dental industry. And um, during that time, went back to school, got my master's in adult training and development. Um, I've at that point had my three kids and I was the executive director of education for Canada's largest dental corporation. And I mm. built Canada's first online educational platform for the dental industry. Wow. Okay. Um, went from the big, big corp to a very tiny corp, helped them build, you know, and sit on everything they, they're running on today. And then went over as COO of North America's largest dental consulting firm. Um, within six months of being there, I realized that I was kind of tired of making other people rich. And um, I wanted to go out on my own and use all these ideas I've been giving these, these business leaders to not just one company, but to a multitude of companies. Mm -hmm. And that's how I set out on my own. So I went out on my own, started my own speaking brand, training brand. Um, and I also was a group called the DeJulius group, which is the guru of customer and customer experience. I was their first female consultant and their first independent consultant. So what that means is while I was out building my own brand, I was also able to work with John, who is a very, is a mentor of mine. I've known him for 15 years at this point. And, uh, and I was able to work alongside him as an independent consultant. And then wow. fast forward, I had a really crappy car buying experience, uh, which led me to uh, research the female consumer. And that's where earning her business comes into play. So now um, my book will be published September 1st. And uh, I speak about earning her business in, in a vertical that I knew nothing about. So I've entered the automotive world. So feet, teeth, cars. That's, that's <laughs> sort of the path I took. And, uh, and now I am... I'm speaking at every major auto conference, working with dealerships and OEMs like Volvo and helping them really understand the female consumer so that, uh, you know, we can treat women the way they deserve to be treated. Mm -hmm. I love that. I always think it's so interesting to hear people's journeys because everyone's journey is so, so different. But I think for mm -hmm. people at home listening, it's always so inspiring to just see the, like just the paths of everyone. Cause it's so, like you said, it's interesting Feet, teeth, cars, like who would have thought, but it was all kind of a part of your journey. <laughs> um, if you had asked me five years ago if I would have been an author speaker in the automotive industry, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, okay, definitely not, but here I am. So that's so interesting. So, how, how long have you been in, in what you're doing currently? So, it's been about, I would say, two and a half, three years that I've okay. been like indoctrinated in the industry. Uh, it is definitely, um, it took a long time to get to even have a voice in an industry because in the auto world, the females that are at the top right now have had to kick and scream and scratch mm. and, you know, grind their way to the top. And so it was not easy being a new female that had never sold a car in her life, get into the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, but now, now I'm in and, uh, and it, but it took a little bit of time. Yeah. So I'm assuming obviously it's very male dominant, but now in 2020, do you see a shift in uh, like people at top? Do they, are they making a shift and making room for females? Would you say? 
Uh, I think they're making room for females that have the right message and females that are ready to stand up for themselves. They're not mm. necessarily making room for those that are bashing men and mm, or mm-hmm. those that are kind of just saying okay and bowing down. So um, there's definitely a little bit of a shift. My message is something that they're paying attention to now. Uh, but it is predominantly like they're 95% of executives in the auto industry are men still mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to this day. And wow. even though we've had some major players step up in C-suite roles in some large, you know, original equipment manufacturers, it's still very, very slow moving. Gotcha. It's interesting to see because I don't know about you, but I grew up, I feel like, so I grew up in California and I felt like, you know, growing up in California, there's so many cultures, so many people. It felt some, for the most part, somewhat equal. I mean, growing up, I wasn't obviously in super in business, but it's interesting to see because I grew up and I'm like, oh, like, what are people talking about? Like, I don't see this. I don't see that. And then I moved to Georgia a couple years ago and I just, I just start noticing little things and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just so weird to see how in different areas of the world or in even different industries, how just different things are. I had like a little bit of a culture shock, like, oh, wow. Like people are still a little bit, I don't know, not as open or (laughs) accepting to certain things. But um, so your book, is that for anyone reading? Like, obviously you're automotive, but yeah, because I feel like the the female journey and you're creating a brain experience for the female customer. I think that's super interesting because it is so different. We do have so many different um, things that are important to us that are different than men. So I, th- I like love that concept. I think that's super interesting. Um, one question I have for you is, so my podcast is obviously called the Marketing Mindset Podcast. Mm-hmm. And the reason for the name behind that is because I believe that in order to have a successful business, one, you need a good marketing plan, but then two, you need to have the right mindset. So have you had any mindset struggles when you first started building your business and how did you overcome it? <laughs> oh my goodness. I still have mindset struggles. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. Um, I'm only human. Uh, every day I do. I mean, there's a lot that goes on behind closed doors that people don't see, right? Like um, I'll be completely vulnerable and, and uh, candid here, but I'm going through a divorce. I live part-time in Baja. I have found the love of my life. Um, I own my own businesses, which was a huge, one of the biggest struggles and one of the biggest reasons why I left my ex was the fact that I was a woman traveling and building a business and that was not congruent with what the female role should be Mm. in a home. Mm. And so one of the biggest mindset struggles that I still have and I work at every single day is as a mom as a woman, as an entrepreneur, how do you not feel guilty Mm, mm -hmm. for, you know, having the ability to, or the desire, I should say, to want it all. So in in my book, in my dedication, you know, I say to Ella and Riley, which are my two young ones, um, my girls, uh, I hope, you know, you can have your cake and eat it too. And to my son, Noah, I hope you support the women in your life so they can have their cake and eat it too. And it's, I've always wanted more than what was kind of at my doorstep. And Mm -hmm. so one of the biggest mindset overcomes is that feeling of mom guilt or, you know, that female guilt, should I be going after it? Um, And then are you worthy of it? Like, does it like, are you worthy of having that success when you're 
you're sacrificing being the traditional mm-hmm. parent, the traditional mm-hmm. mom. Mm-hmm. And that's a mindset that um, I'm overcoming every single day. And it is every, I would assume every female entrepreneur or anybody who is a female in a, an executive role will have who is a mom and or a wife will have that, that feeling of guilt. I was reading an article the other day uh, that 90% of women feel guilty for taking time to themselves, for doing things for themselves. And 21% of women feel that guilt every day. Wow. I had chills um, when you were just talking because I'm a mom too and I could experience, I like, like you said, I think I experience that every single day. And I feel like I go through some seasons where I'm like, I got this thing balanced. You know, I feel good. Although I feel like balance isn't necessarily real. And then we go into seasons where business is super busy. And then, you know, I feel like I'm not spending as much time or maybe I am, but I'm not like fully present. And gosh, that is, that is a true, true struggle. I feel like I I literally think about that every single day. And especially now with um, everything that's happening in the world, like our schools are closed until the end of the year. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. now I'm like, especially feeling because before when he, and mine, mine is only in preschool and he only started preschool um, September. So I built up my business up until then kind of, you know, with him home, but I was able to balance it. But then as soon as he hit, went to preschool, I like, I started feeling better because I was like, okay, I was working yeah. and he went to preschool full time from eight to three. So I was like, okay, um, I have time to truly focus. And then when he'd come home, I would put work away, like whatever. But now that he's back at home all the time, now it's like, you really feel it. Cause now you really yeah. have to like try to balance both. And it's crazy. But one, I think silver lining is something that happened with mine recently is, um, He's like, mom, I want my own business. And he's like four. He's like, can that. you create me a website so I can start selling something? And I'm like, oh, that makes my heart so happy. <laughs> well, and similar to that, my daughter, Ella, the, the, so I have nine-year-old twins, Ella and Noah, and Ella, who is the oldest by 31 seconds, just so you know, <laughs> 31 seconds, because uh, she'll let everybody know. But she has come up to me now and said, you know, mommy, I want to, I want to author a book. I'm like, oh, cool. That's awesome. That's a great goal at nine. Yeah, um, yeah. She's like, I want to do it before grade five. That's okay. Awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, what's your book about? And she goes, well, I want to do a book that helps other kids that have moms that are working hard and traveling to help them cope oh with, gosh. right? Help them have the skills they need to know to, to get through it and know that they're not alone. And I was like, wow, I'm like, you're nine. This is so I know a lot of what I do and, you know, helps mold who they are, which is a wonderful thing. And every time I start to feel that guilt, I I try to remember those moments. Um, But that that mindset is a is a real struggle. And it's, it'll I don't think it'll ever go away. If if I'm honest, I think it's something that I'm going to have to work hard at every single day, and have faith in the fact that I am worthy of having the success and I am worthy of having the love from my kids. And then it's okay to have both. You know, you don't, you don't mm-hmm. have to choose one or the other. Mm-hmm. I love that. What about, do you have anything for the moms who are listening? Because I know I definitely have a, a lot of females, a good bit of moms who listen, who are building their businesses, who are working full time in it, but also are moms, um, either work from home moms or they have, you know, kids in school. But mm-hmm. It is a struggle. Do you have any tips for moms in those positions? How can they 
I don't want to say balance because I'm really learning balance is not really a real thing, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get close to that, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, for sure. So, you know, you go back to the mindset. So the one thing that I would, I mean, and I, again, I'm not perfect. And I, I stumble and fall every single day, multiple times a day, uh, multiple times a day. Uh, it is about, for me, the mindset of grace, of giving myself grace. Uh, and that's been a mindset that's really hard. And even to this day, I'm still struggling to to just be like, okay, you know what, maybe you didn't do it right this time, you got it wrong, but there's tomorrow. And leaving everything that happened yesterday in yesterday and focusing on what's happening today and giving yourself that grace that you're not perfect and nobody is perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, giving yourself that grace is is extremely important. That's a mindset. That's something you have to decide that every day you're going to get up and even though yesterday fell apart at the seams, today you're going to be buttoned up and you're going to conquer the world. So there's that. Number two, I, I would say is don't be afraid to be vulnerable. So the one thing you'll mm-hmm. get with me is radical honesty. Like what you see is what you get. That's why I shared with you that, you know, I'll be completely vulnerable and, and realistic with you is that I have, you know, I'm going through a divorce and I'm doing this and I'm doing that because there are so many other women out there that are going through the exact same thing. And we think that we are all alone and we're not. Mm-hmm. So find your voice and find people that you can talk through with it because that will help you realize that it's okay to just be human. It's okay Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. feel the struggle because you are human and the next day is a, is a new day. And so give yourself that grace and be willing to be vulnerable and open so that others can help you. I love that. That is so good. That is so good. I didn't even expect to take this, take the conversation this way, but I think it's so good and so important for people to hear because it's true. I think, I I don't know about you, but I feel like for me, I'm always like, not trying to be perfect, but almost right. And then we, when we don't hit that line, you're like, Oh man, but it's like, really, it's Mm -hmm. okay. We have tomorrow. (laughs) Like it's not the end of the world. Um, so I'm glad you touched upon that. So Um, now kind of shifting gears a little bit, let's talk about brand experience. So Mm -hmm. before we kind of get started into the whole conversation, how would you explain what brand experience is to someone who maybe doesn't, doesn't know what that is? So we've heard the term customer service, customer experience, right? Which is the interactions you have with your customers. Mm -hmm. A brand experience is the start to finish. It's your marketing, right? It's, it's the image that your brand holds and um, the promise that it of what it's going to achieve and actually achieving that. So it's that, that from the very beginning, from the first, whether it's online, social media, um, I mean, print work, whatever it is, that very first, all the way through to the interaction and so the customer experience and then right back around to whether or not you'll shop again. Mm-hmm. So the brand experience is far more um, intense than the customer experience because it is about the entire image that a brand holds and that relationship that that brand holds with the customer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why would you say it is so important? Because I know it is, but why would you say, like, what are the reasons behind it? (laughs) Well, because right now, I mean, we've got the World Wide Web, which allows you to compare um, absolutely everyone to everything. And it's super simple. And uh, for customers to completely X you out of the running, Mm -hmm. um, if they don't feel an attachment to you. So more than 
ever, that attachment to a brand, that customer having a relationship, an emotional attachment to the brand is what's going to keep them coming back to the brand. Mm -hmm. It is not going to be the price or the quality of the product because there are a million other brands that sell the same thing that you do uh, at a lower price at a similar quality. Yeah, yeah. And so it's the relationship, the experience that that brand provides, which creates an emotional connection. And that has that customer coming back for more. Once that customer trusts you and has a relationship with you, they're not going to go anywhere else because it's too hard to create those relationships mm-hmm, these days. It's mm-hmm. just, it's too hard. So I would say right now, more than ever, the experience that brand provides, that emotional experience that brand provides will set you apart from the rest. Yeah. And I can attest to that too. Like even for myself, um, there are definitely certain products like say Apple, for example, I'm a huge mm-hmm. Apple fan. I iPhone, I like Max all the way. My husband was trying to get us to buy like, an, um, we're going from a MacBook, like a big computer to like a, another one. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was fighting to the end of like, no, let's do Mac. And he's like, but they're so expensive. They're this, they're that. But like, yeah, but they're the best. Like we know, mm-hmm. you know, if we call Apple, if we do anything, they're going to take care of us. Like we already know that. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't care about this. Like, I don't know how their customer services, I don't know how they treat their people. Like, I don't know, you know? So other than that, cause I feel like Apple is probably a very obvious, at least to me, because I'm a big Apple fan. Oh, for me too. I'm a, everything's Apple. Everything's Apple for me. Um, I love it. But what other companies out in the world right now that you see have amazed, have created amazing brand experiences? Starbucks. Like Starbucks would be, um, if you're a female and you're, you love shoppers, shopping at Nordstrom's, Nordstrom's is an experience. Uh, if we look at, you know, fast food, even Chick-fil-A, like, you know, you're going to get a certain feeling Mm -hmm. when you walk into a Chick-fil-A, you know, they're going to say exactly, you know, they're (laughs) going to say my pleasure that, you know, that you're going to feel welcomed, like almost like you're at home. Uh, you know, that, that, what that experience is, it's an emotional connection to Mm -hmm. the brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, smaller brands doing it right as well. And I think if you're a small, if you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, you have that opportunity to make that experience um, because you're a, a human dealing with a human mm-hmm. um, extraordinary. And if you can make that, ex- that brand experience extraordinary, that's how you're going to grow and develop. And so I... I always say, look outside your industry and see what it is that others are doing. I mean, we could talk about Amazon. Amazon's a great experience. Um, But take a look at what they're doing and bring those best practices into your business and uh, create that experience for your customers. Can we brainstorm a little bit? So if say I am like, say I'm an entrepreneur or maybe I have a small team that we've kind of created, what do I need to focus on to kind of start creating a brand experience like where do I start Mm -hmm. so you want to start with your brand promise like what you know so I look at are you familiar with Simon Sinek why how what start with the why Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I have everything I do every keynote I write every um every book every article anything that I do starts with the why so why am I doing it what's driving me how am I going to achieve it and what's the result so like that's that's how I do everything with your brand, what is your brand promise? That's your why. Like, why should people care from the heart? Mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. Why are you existent and why do they care? How do you bring that promise to life? 
Mm-hmm. And then what are you, what is your tangible, like, what are you giving? What's your service? So, yes. so creating a why, how, what it was starting with a brand promise and then your journey. Like, so that how is like your journey mapping and um, your experiential standards, your brand standards. And then what you, I mean, what you give is a marketing service or what I give is a keynote and a book. Like those are my, mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. what's, but how we deliver it and why we do it is where you really need to start. The results will follow. Yeah. You need to, you need to have that. Why you need to have that brand promise and your brand standards. That makes sense. And would you say it is smart of us in order to have a brand experience to create like a step-by-step process where your customer would go through the same exact thing every time they come to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So definitely. So that's called a, like a customer journey. So there's a couple of ways to do it. So you want to either empathy map or journey map. Empathy mm-hmm. mapping is when you take a look at your, who your customers are. It's mm-hmm. kind of like customer demographic. Okay. Um, but instead of breaking it down by age, you're breaking it down by, you know, what are their biggest struggles and opportunities? How are you solving it? Um, how do you help their goals come to life? So it's more of an emotional customer mapping than it is um, your regular, well, she's a white female who's between mm-hmm, the age of mm-hmm. 35 and 50 that lives yeah. in, you, you know what I'm saying? So it's a little bit more of, cause you want to get, again, emotional connection is key, especially for the female consumer. So the female limbic brain is double the size of a man's and the limbic, the limbic brain is the emotional memory hub of our brain. I didn't so, know that, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> right? I always say when I'm in a room full of men, I say, if you ever wonder why your wife, your girlfriend, your daughter, your sister, your mother, or any female in your life remembers a fight in grave detail from five years ago. It's because she built that way. <laughs> She's just built that way. Um, so when you create these empathy maps, it allows you, especially for your female consumer, understand to know her or your customer as a human being first mm-hmm. and a customer second. And so what you want to do is you want to empathy map and then you want to break down your journey. So is it to start with your online, your social media, your website? Is that, is it then a phone mm. call? And then is it, what's your first interaction? Is it picking up the phone or is it an internet inquiry? And then what's the second interaction? And you map out the different touch points in your customer's journey. Okay. okay. And then you take each one of those touch points and you start to create standards. Mm-hmm. What has to happen? Like what's the non-negotiable, like operational, very transactional, what has to happen to make it, ha- to make the, that touch point come to life. Mm-hmm. And then how do we go from transaction to interaction? Mm. How do we go from operational to experiential? And then you create those standards and you do it for each touch point. And then you've created your brand standards that every one of your employees can follow. And as you grow, you have this playbook of what is expected mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. your brand from your customers. That makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting because, so we're, we are primarily like a web design company and we kind of created our own homepage formula for all of our customers. And one of the first things that we like to have on all of our websites is what is your customer's pain points? Like the Mm -hmm. first picture that people see, they see who you are, who you serve, but the second like banner after or second strip after is touching on their pain points, like asking a question to really try to get into their emotional state yeah. of like, what is their problem? What other are they dealing with? And it was just so interesting. Cause I like, I'm like, you're speaking. I'm like, Oh my gosh, our homepage formula is kind of almost like kind of touching on these things of mm-hmm. 
getting with the pain points um, and then showing them the solution at the end, but, you know, kind of taking them through this journey of how you can help them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know a lot of people that listen to us, they are online entrepreneurs, they sell services online. How do we as online entrepreneurs like truly, truly make sure that from start to finish that our brand experience kind of stays the same from our social media website? Like you said, emails, like what do we really need to focus on? I guess, how do we translate that message? You know, speaking of stories, feed, like what should, what should we do? How should we do it? Yeah. So I mean, the first, the first thing is um, again, back to that brand promise. So I, that brand promise needs to be the, the thread that goes through everything that you do. So from your website to your social media, um, it is got to be that one same feeling. And then obviously as a marketer, you're going to know that that same uh, feeling in images and the feelings that you have in, um, in like the stories that you tell all ladder up. Mm-hmm. to your brand promise. So you've mm-hmm. got to have that as your, your beacon, right? That's got to be the thing that drives everything that you do. So doing that is, and then you, you bring up a, and storytelling is everything. And so is tell stories, mm. stop screaming about what you do and start sharing stories because oh, that yeah. allows you to have collective experiences that allows you to have shared experiences with your customers and your customers are going to be able to put themselves in your shoes and so by doing that um you're creating again back to that emotional connection Mm -hmm. satisfaction is worthless if you don't have an emotional connection with your customers because those are fence sitters Mm -hmm. those are the ones that will say if there's something better and cheaper they're gonna hop off that fence and go but if they are emotionally connected to you and they trust you they're not going anywhere you have to have that insane emotional connection that is that is so true, and I love the sorry. Go ahead, but the story is telling us. No, like, no, doesn't no. Say <laughs> and it it is, and it is it's it's unbelievable. And if you want to look up, um, I mean, the queen of storytelling. Her name is Kendra Hall, and she's a. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but it's uh, her book is called Stories That Stick. Uh, she yes, is one of my mentors, and I like she's just brilliant and storytelling. She teaches story storytelling like no other. It's 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 worth the buy the book is worth worth it um and so storytelling is what will then connect all of your um your social platforms and that story should be also on like so when you talk about your website formula like to me the very first uh you know banner that's on your website should be the story of your brand mm-hmm how did it come like the story of my brand? How did I, you know, come to life and what's my founder story is that I had a really crappy car buying experience. And you talk about that. And then this out of that was born earning her business. You know, it, people want the real thing. And the other thing is, is being vulnerable. It's okay to be vulnerable. I keep going back to the vulnerability. So Mm -hmm. through your social media, don't afraid to be real because there's far too many people out there that are fake. Um, and, and customers are looking for vulnerable people that are genuine and authentic so they can trust you and you can create that emotional connection. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that all the stories you tell, all the images you put out there are, are real. Yeah. Really yeah. real. And it's got to connect through the entire, um, I mean, every single social channel. Would you, um, what is your opinion on 
having an entrepreneur or a company kind of establishing how they want to translate their story. So for example, I'm trying to remember, and this is so bad, I cannot remember for the life of me, but I know there's an author and she has like 12 brand characteristics. One is like, you can be like the girl next door, or you could be the magician that helps transform their life. Or you could be, um, gosh, I'm like totally forgetting the, the name of it. But basically her thing is, you know, obviously you have your customers who you help, but you as a brand, what is your personality as a brand? How are you going to um, talk to them? So basically like say for the storytelling aspect, if I'm a magician and this is the only one I remember for some reason, but the magician is like a Tony Robbins character. I believe, I believe that it's, yeah. that's correct. Where he's like, gets you super excited about the transformation and he's going to show you like a magician, like you're going to go from point A to point B and you're going to mm-hmm. transform into this like amazing person. And his whole brand is like, gets you hyped up, gets you, um, you know, super excited. And then all this content is kind of based on that. Do you do any work like that with the companies that you work with kind of establishing what is their personality and then how could people do the same thing? Yeah. So that goes back to, and this is what we do. That goes back to that brand promise, right? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. kind of your why, like my why for my brand is to inspire positive, actionable change in every interaction I have. My hope is that the people that I interact with are better off for having interacted. That makes sense. Yeah. Like if I don't help them think differently, feel better, uh, then I feel like I haven't lived my purpose. And as a speaker and an author, that is something that the Katie Mares brand stands behind, period. Mm -hmm. Now with that comes being vulnerable and genuine and authentic. And I mean, my my title is Chief Inspiration Officer. That's my title (laughs) for my company, right? And then the other from there is also making sure that I give that transformation in a sophisticated professional way Mm -hmm. so if you go onto my website you'll see it's all gold and black and so it's very sophisticated but it's like when you go to my bio it's like hey I'm Katie this is this is me so I'm very real but I'm sophisticated and you'll Mm -hmm. see all of that through all of my social media my Instagram is uh is very personal where obviously LinkedIn is very professional um Facebook's a combination of the two Twitter, I hate to say it, but I don't use it as often as I should. Um, but it is, it's, but they all have a tie and you all see it come together. So, but that yeah. starts with your brand promise. And that's where every single business needs to understand why they do what they do. Like, why do they wake up every day? What, and then crafting that into a promise that they're going to live that every day for themselves and for their customers. And once you do that and you make your decisions based off of your brand promise, everything falls into place. I love that. So basically what I'm hearing, it all goes back to your brand promise. You start yeah. there. If you don't have that, you really cannot go on and move on to well, anything and like that. Thing, and businesses will, you're going to, you have to be agile, especially look at what's happening in the world today. Yeah. Nobody ever thought that, you know, six months ago, if you had asked us if we're going to all, the whole world's going to be shut down, we, we wouldn't believe it. Yeah. And so the, how you do what you do, you have to be agile and be able to pivot. But, but that, that promise that you make has to stay still. Like that is your, that is your pillar and your beacon 
of light that helps you make all your decisions so that you can be agile and you can Mm -hmm. pivot when you need. I love it. So remind me again, you start with the why, then you have the how, and then the what? The what is what you do. It's the results. It is, I sell um, online social media content calendar templates, or I sell Mm -hmm. personal coaching, or I sell a book. Mm-hmm. the what is my book earning yeah, your business yeah. how I do that is through speaking and uh through these podcasts yeah, and yeah. getting out in front of businesses and why I do it is because I want to inspire positive yeah, action yeah. I love I love your how you talk about like being doing the why first then the how then the what because as you're talking I'm kind of seeing I feel like a lot of people start with the what they then do. they go into the how and then they're like oh well, and they never the why get to makes, the why yeah either they don't get to the why they're like oh this kind of makes sense we'll just throw it in there <laughs> yeah and I'm not I'm not definitely not reinventing the wheel that is totally Simon Simon Sinek's um spiel but what what's crazy is people don't do it yeah yeah I love it I love it though I think that is so important and it makes so much sense for creating that brain experience because if you have your why like you said, everything else would kind of fall into place because you'll, mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of make certain decisions one way or the other. And if you have your why, I think it's going to be a lot easier for you to make them. Um, so I love it. But what is next for you in 2020? I know you have your book coming out in September, which is super exciting. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is it's crazy exciting. I Again, if you had asked me five years ago if I was going to be a published author, I would have just laughed. I said, yeah, right. Um, but no, it's coming out September 1st. So my big focus this year, the rest of 2020 is getting the book out there, uh, helping inspiring change through the words written on the page, uh, focusing on making sure that I'm out on stages as much as possible. And, and honestly, is a lot of internal work for myself is, you know, getting through this divorce and, you know, making sure that I keep giving myself grace and practice what I preach. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so there's a, there's a big combination. And also a big one is you're going to see a heck of a lot more real and raw Katie. And, and that's something that I vowed to myself, especially on social media and on Instagram. Um, you're going to see everything that's going on in my life and I'm not, I'm not going to be shy with it. So uh, that's kind of what 2020 looks like for me. I love it. And I love how you're saying you're not going to be shy. You're going to be vulnerable because going back to the whole storytelling aspect, I feel like so many people are going to be able to relate with just different, different parts mm-hmm. of your story. And I think a lot more of us should do, should do that. I know I need to, cause I know there's some stories where I'm like, Oh, I'm like a little bit embarrassed to say it, but I know Those people probably relate to that. To share. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, where can people find you online? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm on every social platform. If you Google me, Katie Mares, it'll all come up. Uh, but on my website, uh, you can email me at uh, katie at katiemares.com. And on Instagram, I'm at Katie Mares. On Facebook, just type in Katie Mares. <laughs> I'm there. Uh, and I think Twitter, because I don't use it as often, is Katie Mares underscore one, I think. Uh, but I'm sure if you Google me, it'll all come up. And uh, and I always say this, and people think I'm crazy, and I end every interview or podcast or anything that I, any talk. Um, if you've taken the time to listen to me, we're friends. Like, I really truly believe that because time is precious. And yeah. the fact that you, I, I mentioned at the beginning of this, this podcast, I don't think I'm that interesting. But if you... <laughs> 
took your time, your precious time, and and you know found something um, useful. I, I'd love to hear it, and I'd love to hear your story, and I'd love you know to help you on your journey. So I would love everybody to you know anybody who's listening, if you feel the need to reach out, direct message me, email me. Um, I'm really here to inspire that positive, actionable change. So we're all friends now, and I want everyone to have me as a resource. And yeah, and that makes sense because like in a podcast interview, we spend 30 minutes and if someone's like truly listening, I feel like it's always like so intimate because they're like really listening to the conversation. Yeah. So I love that. We'll definitely include some of your links in the, the podcast show notes so people can get connected with you. But thank awesome. you so much for hanging out with me today. Oh, thank you for hanging out with me. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and leave us a review with your main takeaways from this episode. But thanks again for joining me today and I will catch you next time on the Marketing Mindset Podcast.